This is episode 681 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. On today's podcast, 10 survival items that will fly off shelves when the SHTF. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by the exclusive Prepper Website email group, which allows you to communicate with other preppers right from your email. You don't have to worry about your every link, click, or word being tracked by social media. This email group resides on the same servers as Prepper Website. Other benefits include members-only video, periodic webinars, and bi-monthly online meetups. This is a great value for $20 a year. To join the community, visit PrepperWebsite.net or click the link in the show notes. Hey, before we get started, I want to just give a quick shout-out to Yankee Spoth, who left a five-star review. Yankee Spoth is from Australia, so greatly appreciate those reviews from Uh, overseas. And um, the review says, there is so much practical information here, so sensibly presented. And uh, very short and sweet to the point. Thank you so much, Yankee Spoth, for that. Um, Wherever those reviews are done, whether that's, you know, iTunes or some other podcast um, network where the the podcast is being uh, listened to, it's always great to, to see those and to hear about those and it all also helps other people find the podcast. And so I greatly appreciate those and greatly appreciate all those that are listening from other parts of the world, not just the, the United States, right? And so it's always good to see that. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into our article of the podcast. It comes to us from modernsurvivalonline.com. And the title is 10 Survival Items That Will Fly Off Shelves When the SHTF. And coming right off of the situation in Texas where, um, you know, you probably heard a lot of the news out there talking about Texas and the power grid going down and water being an issue. And, you know, there were some, there's some issues. Definitely there's some issues. It might not be as bad as some of the reports that are out there, but it's also definitely not something to gloss over there. There are some serious issues, right? So um, as I was preparing for this, this episode, I, I saw this article. I thought this was a good one, but it's not only for when SHTF. Um, I guess it depends on what your definition of SHTF is. And um, for a lot of people, SHTF was this last week here in Texas. A lot of people are still dealing with it. Um, it's, uh, you know, like I said, water. A lot of people don't have water. I mean, the electrical grid, I think, is 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 up for most people. But water is still an issue. People are under a boil ban and uh, you know, just just a lot of things that are going on. And so uh, I hope to do a video here real soon, um, either today or tomorrow, and release it on on library.com or odyssey.com. If you've uh, been following me on YouTube or any of those videos, you know that I've been doing uh, videos on on library and Odyssey, and that way they can't be censored by YouTube. And so uh, I've been doing videos over there, and I'll I'll try to share out that audio with you on, uh, on the Wednesday. So anyway, let's go ahead and jump into this article from ModernSurvivalOnline.com. Again, 10 survival items that will fly off the shelves when the SHTF, and then I will uh, provide a little bit of commentary as we go. So most of our readers will definitely fall more on the prepared end of the spectrum than your average citizen. 
And it is unfortunate then that these average citizens that will place such a terrible strain on supply lines when a sudden and unfortunate SHTF situation strikes society. The shelves of every store will be stripped bare of survival necessities in no time flat. So I'll just stop right there and I'll say not just survival necessities, but everything. The shelves are completely wiped bare. And we saw that again here in Texas. Those of you that are up north, when you have a blizzard, uh, you see that. When we have hurricanes down here, you see that. And, uh, you know, so it's it's one of those things to see. It's kind of weird going into a store and you, you're so used to seeing everything there and then going into it and there's just nothing there. It's kind of an eerie feeling, but that's why we prepare, right? All right, moving on. So what kind of items will fly off the shelves in a regional or large-scale emergency? The bare minimum essentials needed to support life as most people know it, things like bottled water, food, batteries, ammunition, gasoline, propane, hygiene supplies, soap, toilet paper, and baby items. When the chips are down, these are the immediate life support items that people will scour the countryside looking for in the immediate aftermath and onset of a long-term survival situation. Chances are you already have these items stocked up in abundance. But if you don't, or you have just been caught flat-footed by an event and need to start your survival cash from scratch right, right this second, keep reading and we will expand a little bit more on each of these items. So have you ever rushed to the grocery store ahead of an approaching front of bad weather, something like a major storm front or a blizzard? You remember how packed the store is with everyone in there trying to get a few last minute items, you know, just in case. Imagine how much worse it will be when something truly terrible is happening. While it is instinctively understood in a time like that, that the longer people wait, the worse and worse their chances will be of getting the things they will desperately need in order to endure a long haul survival situation. And don't get derailed asking what long haul truly quantifies. Consider that most citizens don't even have enough survival supplies to last themselves and their families three days. A situation lasting only a week or two will seem like a very, very long time without these supplies. Guys, I want to just reiterate that. I know there's a lot of people listening to this podcast that um, maybe you're new to preparedness. Maybe the thing, maybe you're in Texas and the, and the situation that in Texas has got you starting to pay attention a little bit more to preparedness. But how true is that? Uh, I know that they were interviewing people, and I don't normally watch TV, but because of the situation, I was watching the local news and and you know paying attention to what people were saying. And that's part of my video that I will I will share out um, that I do for for Wednesday. But that you know th this is very true here. People were not prepared. People did not have enough food. Uh, people were going out in in the the icy road conditions, which those of you up north. Y'all think it's a joke down here when, when we talk about that, but the people down here just don't, do not know how to drive in it. They just have no clue in it. And uh, so people were, were out trying to find things and, and trying to get supplies to be able to, to, to survive and not only just to eat, but to, to be warm. So anyway, uh, I'll go ahead and continue moving on. But this is so true right here. People just do not have more than a couple of days worth. I mean, there's some people that go every single day to the grocery store to, to, to make what they're going to or to buy what they're going to make for dinner. And that just that's just mind boggling to me. So it is obviously essential that you keep these supplies on hand. But just in case you need to plus up real quick along with everyone else or start from scratch because of a catastrophic loss, you had better have your shopping list in mind and be ready to make one heck of a quick pit stop when the balloon goes up. 
Time will be short and the stakes will be high, so get in and get out with the following survival items that will be literally flying off the shelves before your eyes. So one last point before we start uh, diving into these 10 items. Hopefully you're listening to this and you get this list and you start working on it now. So here in Texas, the shelves are are bare. They're, they're putting them up. When we were back to like, it was almost like COVID time where they were limiting how much items you could buy. And uh, some stores were only allowing people to purchase with cash because they didn't have, um, you know, they didn't have their, their electricity going and, and things like that. If you are in an emergency situation, okay, these are things that, that are important, but you already know that. So let's get past that. Here are things that we need to make sure that we are prepared for for next time. Things that we stock now so that we are ready next time because there will be a next time. There's always a next time. All right. So let's learn from our lessons. So the first thing here is water. Now, water is crucially important, a crucially important substance for survival. And the only thing you consume more important than uh, water is air. Many people focus disproportionately on food when they get caught out at the onset of a survival situation, but they rarely stop to think that they can survive for weeks and weeks without food, but only a few days without water. While it is true that you can get water from all kinds of places, most found water sources require considerable purification before they are safe to drink. It would not do to drink an unknown, sketchy water source in desperation, only to come down with some life-threatening illness because of it. The topic of water filtration can fill books all on its own, but you can get yourself in a much better position by obtaining a hefty supply of pure, clean, bottled water. You should buy whatever you can at the instant if this is a rush trip, but otherwise, multi-pack bottles of or large multi-gallon containers are probably your best bet for convenience. Remember that each person needs at least a gallon of water per day for both consumption and general hygiene. All right, so this was even made more apparent because, because of the lack of electricity in our grid going down here in Texas, the water treatment plants were not able to run. And so after a while, after their generators kind of ran out, then uh, their, their water treatment plants weren't treating water and water was going out and the bacteria wasn't being taken care of. So, of course, it went out that the city of Houston, uh, you needed to uh, boil your water before you use it. And then all the municipal uh, water districts were having the same issue as well. And so, you know, you, people had to, to boil their water. And I just think about that. It's not something you normally do to be thinking about bacteria. You're wondering what kind of bacteria there's already. I mean, people already say the things that come through the water supply system is not good as it is. Um, then on top of that, you're adding this bacteria thing and then you're having to boil water. And a lot of people that have electrical appliances, they don't have gas stoves. They don't have a way to boil water. So what do you do there? I like this idea of the bottled water and I've really changed my mindset a little bit. For those of us who've been in preparedness for a while, we talk about the 55 gallon drums. Some of us talk about, you know, the bigger ones, you know, coming off of like the 255 uh, gallon you know, containers where maybe you're doing some rain catchment, things like that. You know, we talk about water bricks. I talk about all that stuff and I highly recommend all of that um, to be able to, to have water because you need multiple ways to have water, multiple ways to filter out water, all that kind of stuff. But for those that are barely getting in, right, those that are there or those that have the room for it, I would suggest every time you go to the grocery store, buy 
a, a package of bottle, a case of bottled water. So buy one or two cases, whatever. They're like three, four. I mean, on sale, I know that I see them for like three bucks a case, sometimes five dollars, right? If you buy the same case every single time, same water, and you put it, you know, in a maybe you have a spare bedroom, maybe you put it up against a wall. Um, water is very um, heavy and there, you know, um, takes up a lot of room. So if you can, if you have that space though, up against a wall, underneath a bed, in a closet, whatever, stockpile those cases of water. It does not go bad. Don't put it in your garage here in here in Houston. Don't put it in your garage because, or you know, in a climate where there's big shifts. Um, you want to keep it inside in in a you know relative uh, decent temperature, and so you you want to go ahead and stockpile those. So if that's an easy entrance into water storage, if you're buying the same type of of cases of bottled water, they stack nice and easy. You can go three four high, you know, uh, on a wall, and you can go pretty deep. If you have twenty four bottles of water in there. Um, that would give you about five gallons of water. If I did that math correctly, it'll give you about five gallons of water. And so if you're, you know, if there's four people in your home, one of those cases will get you through a day, at least in an emergency situation. And I'll tell you how many people wish they would have had bottles of water during this last week here in, in Texas. And, you know, of course, bottled water goes off flying off the shelf. And so that's one of those really easy entrances into your preparedness. When you go to the store, just buy a case of water. Have have cases of water ready to go. It doesn't go bad and you can rotate them out if you feel more comfortable doing that. But anyway, so uh, that's number one and I believe that's probably one of the most important ones. A lot of people understand that now here in Texas. Hopefully they've learned their lesson. All right, number two is of course food. Now food is definitely a survival essential, even though I just got done saying you can go for weeks without any food and still not starve. That is true, but consider that most people will begin to physically and mentally deteriorate and deteriorate rapidly after just a few days without it. The business of survival will require energy and the best way to supply your body with energy is by keeping the calories rolling in. It also does wonders for keeping your spirits up. Chances are your daily menu is going to change somewhat for the duration and you should not be buying strictly based on preference, but buying for longevity. You want to get food that is completely shelf stable and easy to prepare, preferably items that are in sealed pouches, cans, or otherwise packaged in such a way that they require no refrigeration. Remember, any event that has sent you scrambling to the store is probably going to result in a power outage if it hasn't already. Grab yourself some canned meat, soups, vegetables, and other staples, and you will be okay for a time. Don't forget you can raid the camping aisle for dehydrated meals that work great as survival food and only require some hot water to prepare. The panicked masses might not think to look there at first. Another thing, you know, when when we were dealing with no electricity, no water, and, and things like that around here in, in Texas... One of the things about food, though, in your know, homes were very, very cold. Uh, people, you know, pipes were bursting. Like I know tons of people, family members, you know, people that I work with, just a lot of people that pipes burst. And some were very small. I mean, I had one in my front, although it was covered up and it was wrapped and all that kind of stuff. It was, you know, it, it popped off on me and uh, it broke. And a nice big old crack. Got a, I got a nice little picture here. Um, maybe I'll share on the video. 
But I was able to, because I was doing a, a walkthrough of my house, I was doing it every so often, just listening for leaks and li- listening for uh, you know uh, issues. Uh, right before I went to bed, I was doing a walk around and I heard water. And of course, I started, you know, I tracked down where it was and it was outside and it had just started. And so I was able to shut it down and, uh, you know, we uh, emptied out the, the rest of the pipes let the water run and, uh, you know, in our sinks and, and bathtubs and stuff. And then in the morning, I took a closer look at it and was able to to fix it. And so fix it myself. I didn't even have to go the, the, to the hardware store because I had stuff that I could do it with. And so we had water, you know, we were able to turn water back on. That was one of those things where, uh, you know, we, we needed to have water, but the food situation was uh, is was easy for us. Uh, because we had water, because we had food, uh, you know, we didn't worry about this thing. But anyway, so going back to the cold, um, you know, I'm just like chasing rabbits here. Um, because it was cold, eating something warm will help you to, or e- eating something will help your metabolism, you know, get going and will get your body warm. And so that's one of those things that you definitely want to to have is you want to have food. Now you can go. Uh, and I have read that, you know, in survival situations, you know, where people start, you know, talking about hunting and things like that. Hunting, that's not the most important thing. Like when you're out in the woods or whatever, um, you you want to find, you know, shelter. You want to build a fire. You want to, you know, have water, all that kind of stuff. You, so you can't go without food, but you are going to feel the effects of it pretty quickly. And so uh, food is very important. Uh, if you are new to preparedness and you are looking for more information on food, and, and what to stockpile. I have a free course and you can link to it. It's linked in the, the description of the episode. Just go down there and click and it's a free course that you can take. And I walk you through the you know three stages of food storage. And uh, that's free, doesn't cost anything. And I definitely feel that you should go through that one if you are new to preparedness and uh, you're trying to figure out how to stock food and stockpile and what you should stockpile. All right, next up is batteries. So batteries are an essential source of power for other survival essentials, most importantly, your flashlights and radios. Since the power is most likely going to be out for quite a while, you will be plunged into darkness that is not typically experienced by the average person living in modern suburbia. Additionally, where other modes of communication will fail, radio is likely to persist and will be one of the most reliable ways to get updates from the government and other relevant agencies concerning the state of things during the disaster. Take the time to write down or commit to memory what size batteries your device takes and how many. It is generally helpful if you can standardize for one or two sizes, but this might not be possible. Now is also the time to identify what other gadgets require disposable batteries so you can get to them all in one go. Get more than you think you will need as you'll be relying on your tools more than you might think at first. Most flashlights, even those with comparatively low output using energy efficient LEDs will still burn through batteries with shocking rapidity. Uh, One of the things about batteries is I would, now we didn't go through any batteries here and we did have lights go out and things like that. But I mean, I had things that were already topped off, right? And rechargeable batteries and flashlights. One of the most important things I would just tell you that uh, is, is uh, that I appreciate is my headlamp. 
you strap it on, turn it on, and you're able to do whatever in your hands free. So you're not having to hold a flashlight or whatever. But I have a lot of battery, a lot of flashlights with rechargeable batteries that, you know, the bigger batteries that will go for a long time. And some of these flashlights will light up a room. And, you know, if you, especially if you stand it up on, on top of uh, it, you know, you just kind of uh, have it uh, standing up. And, you know, this is one of those things. If, if you want to stock batteries, I think this is important. They always do fly off the shelves during hurricane season. I know down here, uh, but I'm at the point where I am using more of the rechargeable batteries. I think if, if you are doing the rechargeable batteries and you are doing those things that, you know, you just can run off a USB or whatever, you just top off all of those. Make sure you're topping those off before you get to, you know, to that situation. So as we were, uh, you know, the, the cold was uh, coming in and it was starting to snow. Uh, I had already topped off everything. I had already, uh, you know, had all my, my batteries charged. I had uh, everything that I needed ready to go. So you don't want to be doing that at the last minute or trying to charge off of a generator or anything else like that. Having spare batteries, and I do have spare batteries uh, as well. Those are, are, are good. But again, I didn't need to, to dive into that one. So um, think about your, your batteries. I do think the, the advice about trying to standardize on one or two, I think that's pretty, pretty smart there. Um, there's a lot of gadgets now that will work on AAA, and uh, there's still some, a lot of them that will work on AA. And I would just you know, think about those and, and have plenty of those to go. Uh, a lot of the times you can find those really big packages for you know the really good um, you know Duracell or Energizer from Sam's or, or Costco, one of the big box stores, and you can buy a whole bunch there. So uh, look into that. All right, uh, next one up is ammunition. Now this is going to be more difficult here, of course, because uh, in the current climate that we're in, you can't find ammunition even now, even before being in an SHTF situation. But I'm going to go ahead and read this one here. It says, It is a sad commentary on human nature that the predatory element of our society will often take advantage of disruptions in law enforcement and and utility for their own gain, taking advantage of those who are vulnerable. Accordingly, you will always see major spikes in ammunition sales and consumption ahead of rough times, including natural disasters. You are wise to have a firearm to protect yourself and your property most especially when you will not be able to count on the police to effectively suppress crime and be everywhere when called. They will have bigger problems just like you, but the gun will do you no good without the ammunition, so you'll need to swing by the sporting good counter or the gun shop on your foray. Now is not the time to be picky when it comes to load or projectile. Take what you can get and be glad you have it. If it is generally reliable in your firearm, we will call that good enough. Okay, so like I said, it's very hard to find ammunition right now. If you don't have ammunition, um, you are paying a premium even if you find it. Um, but I do think like in, in situations, um, like for instance, I know someone who uh, had an issue where there were people that looked like were trying to break into their home. The only reason they didn't was because the dogs went crazy and that um, scared the scared the guys away. So anyway, um, that's, you know, People do take advantage of these times, even when it's cold and freezing outside and snow is on the ground. People will take advantage to go do some harm. So uh, you definitely maybe this one should have said uh, self-defense. So something along self-defense. Um, but, you know, if you can find ammo, you want to buy that right now. Number five is gasoline. 
Now, all of our readers living in hurricane-prone areas will already be well acquainted with the impending scarcity of gasoline every time a hurricane threatens. The same ethic will apply elsewhere when things are bad enough. While it is true that America has an effectively limitless supply of gasoline when you consider the sheer amount of crude oil we have at our disposable and in reserve, the amount of gasoline available at at any one time, or rather accessible at any one time, is indeed limited. Gasoline is a fuel made viable only when many cogs of industry and commerce work together, both for production and for delivery, and the amount of gasoline that is in your town sitting in those giant tanks beneath every gas station does not add up to as much as you might be thinking. Those gas stations are entirely dependent on daily or twice-weekly deliveries in order to meet the impossible thirsty fleet of consumer vehicles that purchase it. You need to be ready for this eventuality by keeping your vehicle topped up first and second by having a spare gas can or two ready to fill up at the first sign of trouble. That gas lane might be all you can get for the duration and the added range it provides your vehicle or extra time at furnishes to your generator might make all the difference in whether you survive or not. All right, I got to tell you, same, same situation here. So gasoline stations were out. If they had power, they were out of gas. And that was one of the things that was, um, you know, people were, were emailing and texting. And uh, I saw it on, on groups, on social media. Like, hey, does anyone know of a gas station that is open? Uh, and so, again, going into this situation, we knew, I mean, it was forecasted. We knew that it was going to be, um, we knew that there was going to be uh, snow. We knew that it was going to be record low temperatures down here where we were. Um, we, you know, people were. It was forecasted, and so I went to the I went to the gasoline station on Saturday and I topped off. I asked my wife, "Is your vehicle topped off?" I asked my son, "Is your vehicle topped off?" You know, so we wanted to make sure that we were good to go because that we've seen this before, like with hurricanes where it took a while for gasoline stations to come back online and to have that. And again, it definitely had that. We had the situation. And, you know, when the power started going out, you could hear generators popping on all over the place. You know, that that was good. But if you're running your generator and, you know, you're running it all night long, especially those that needed heat, and you're running it for, you know, running a little heater or something along those lines. So do you have enough... Uh, gas to get you through days so there were there were you know we were down to like the four four days where people weren't moving and again right after that it was hard to find when people did start moving hard to find gasoline stations because you would find one people would hear about it they would go rush to it they'd get gas and then it would be out and then you know you hear about the the other one and you just had to just time it just right you don't want to be in that situation so if you uh, first of all top off your you know, you should always get to the point when you have half a tank, you should always fill up at that point. So you always have at least half a tank in your in your um, in your tank, in your vehicle. But then uh, making sure ahead of time that you're topping off. All right. Number six is propane. This is another entirely mundane common fuel that will become vanishingly scarce in a surprisingly short period of time when disaster looms. Propane is most commonly thought of as a fuel for outdoor barbecue grills, but it is also used in portable propane heaters, heaters that might keep you and your family warm and toasty when the power runs out and other supplies of heat are damaged or disrupted thanks to the event. 
In many ways and in most places, propane is even scarcer than gasoline for the average consumer. Most folks get their propane from corner gas stations through a tank exchange or purchasing a fresh fuel tank for their use. Propane tank filling stations and services exist in most locales, but they are far from common and are usually located remotely from commonly traveled areas for obvious safety reasons. Even if you are able to reach one in a short period of time, chances are that the people manning the station might have abandoned ship. So long as you aren't trying to grill indoors, a propane grill is an excellent option and a convenient one when it's time to prepare food, boil water, or do anything else that you would normally do on your stove in the middle of a disaster situation. Don't get caught out and plan on nabbing at least two tanks of propane. All right, again, I saw the pictures of people lined up with their propane tanks. And, you know, this article is correct. Most of the time when you switch out a propane tank, you take your empty one to the corner store, you you know switch it out, and you're good to go. Um, but all those were used up. And so I saw pictures of people lined up with their 20-pound empty propane tanks waiting to get them filled at a propane station. And so you know having uh, multiple... Now, he, this is one of those things, and we've discussed this on our uh, online meetups in our exclusive email group is there's only a certain amount of propane you should be able to store uh, at home before you invalidate your homeowner's insurance. So if you were to have a fire and they found all these propane tanks, you know, in your garage or whatever, that could be a problem. So that's probably something you need to look into. Um, But it, you know, it doesn't hurt to have, uh, you know, spares of propane tanks ready to go. And especially if you're barbecuing, you got a barbecue grill, and uh, sometimes you know, you're not paying close attention to your to your propane tank, or you th- or you think you have uh, more than you really have, and then um, you know it goes out on you right in the middle when you're grilling. It's really nice to have that spare tank to be able to connect to it and get right back uh, you know into the grilling there. So propane is one of those things, and I do agree with the heat uh, aspect of that. If you are on the email list, not the exclusive email list, but the regular email list. I shared out a video of a a little buddy heater hack. I thought it was great. Um, And so basically the the little buddy heaters, when you heat, the heat kind of goes out a certain distance from the heater and then it goes up. And so this hack was to put a small little fan uh, on top of the buddy heater to push the heat forward so that it would, you know, hit people at their level. And so I thought that was a great little hack. And he talked a little bit more about having um, the, uh, you know, you've got the one pound propane canisters, but you can also put the uh, the adapter where you can, ad- uh, you know, connect a 20 pound propane tank to that as well. So uh, heating, having uh, a form of heat would be very important. All right. So number seven, the, the toilet paper that we've uh, talked about so often here. Uh, Toilet paper is one of those things that you don't miss until it's gone, as everyone who lived through 2020 painfully learned. Any prepper that is worth the name will be able to improvise a solution for wiping their behinds and private parts using any number of things, both man-made and natural. But it will be better if you didn't have to improvise at all. Trust me, your family will thank you. The solution is obvious. Simply stock up on toilet paper and you need to grab at least a package and preferably two while you are in the store on an emergency errand. Even if the event you are facing has knocked out sewer service entirely or even damaged your septic tank, you'll still be glad to have toilet paper even if you are not flushing when you go. 
It is just one of those things that makes life a lot more pleasant, even in the middle of a major emergency. Consider grabbing baby wipes too while you're at it. All right, I'm not going to talk a lot about that one. Just, uh, you know, that's one that we have talked about a lot here and I highly concur, you know, especially when you are used to the nice soft toilet paper and not that John Wayne stuff. All right, so number eight is hygiene items. Everything you use for your nominal daily bathroom routines fits into this category. Think deodorant, toothbrush, toothpaste, feminine hygiene items, and the like. Also, if you or anyone in your family requires specialty items like pads or briefs for incontinence, uh, catheters, denture, fixative, and so on, make sure you get them now. Quite a few items in this category are actually very difficult to improvise compared to other things on the list. So you definitely don't want to be caught out with a short supply when trying to survive a major happening. All right, so I did like uh, the baby wipes that they mentioned uh, before, but you can use those to clean up as well. Uh, I know one of uh, one of my acquaintances on social media that I have uh, talked about some dude wipes, I guess. I've never seen them before, but I guess they're wipes for guys and maybe they have a, a more manly fragrance or whatever. But anyway, I think, you know, those are important as well because, you know, people without, um, you know, there's there's people out there that still have not had a shower. And we're, we're talking about four or five days worth, uh, maybe even longer. Uh, we had family members come take showers over at our home because they didn't have water and uh, they didn't have hot water. Uh, they didn't have electricity. And so it had been a couple of days and they're like, man, you know, we just really appreciate, you know, being able to take a hot shower. So they were able to come over and do that. So definitely the hygiene items are is going to be important to be able to uh, take care of your body. You want to stay clean as much as possible. Number nine is soap. The value of soap can hardly be overstated. Keeping clean is not just the stuff of social nicety, as it is critically important for keeping disease and other maladies at bay. Not to mention, it will do nothing to help your morale or the morale of anyone that has to live with you if you stink to high heaven a few days into the situation. You can pick any kind of soap you're comfortable with here, and in a pinch, any soap will do for getting your body clean. Traditional bar soaps are versatile and can be broken down into smaller sizes if necessary. They are not lost if they are dropped or their containers broken compared to liquid soaps and are generally easy to transport and can make for good trade fodder in a pinch. But if you prefer liquid soap, especially hand soap in a pump, for convenience, you should grab a few bottles. The most important thing is just to have soap on hand for keeping bodies and other surfaces clean. All right, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this one here, uh, but you get it. You know, we should be stockpiling soap. And again, remember... This isn't just about going out uh, right before the poop hits the fan and and stocking up. Uh, really, I'm using this more as some a list of things that you should be getting and stocking up now before something like that happens, so that you don't have to rush out when the poop hits the fan or rush out when all the craziness happens. All right, number ten is baby supplies. Now, for those that have an infant or a toddler. A running checklist of what baby care items you have on hand is probably never far from your mind. Indeed, it is impossible to plan and prepare too much when it comes to care for the little ones. Tiny children will be even more vulnerable and dependent during an SHTF situation than they are normally, and that means you'd better have plenty of what you need on hand. You should pick up all the baby supplies you know you will need and a few that you wouldn't anticipate needing. Make sure you grab a package of diapers, formula, rash cream, and other over-the-counter medicines, changing pads, and so forth. Most stores don't have an abundance of these items in stock at any one time, 
and depend on constant resupply, so work fast because they will disappear fast. You should also know that when these items are among the most hot, hotly contested and quickly consumed during a purchase, purchasing stampede, so if you have a little one at home, prioritize these items above everything else on your route. Uh, again, very important there, and they talked about one package here. Uh, I would be stockpiling those because uh, if you are familiar with kids and how they go through diapers, I mean, it's very easy to go through one package really, really quickly. And so you want to be able to stockpile those and, and have enough of those uh, so you don't have to go to other uh, means to have some kind of diaper on your child, right? Especially when you're used to just going with those plastic ones. And a lot of people out there are like, hey, you know, we've used the cloth diapers before and that's fine. I'm just talking about, you know, think about a survival situation and dealing with cloth or uh, cloth diapers and having to, you know, take care of those and, and clean those and, and wash those as opposed to having the ones that are just disposable. So baby supplies, all of those formula, especially if your child is on a special type of formula, you want to be able to, you know, have enough of that. You don't want to be changing up formula and, and having them uh, fussy and crazy when, um, you know, right in the middle of a survival situation, right? All right, so wrapping all of this up, there's bound to be a run on the stores whenever a major disaster or other society-shaking event occurs. If you are low on any given item on this list or through negligence or mishap or starting from scratch, make sure you get into whatever local store will have these goods and to get them before they disappear. The longer you wait, the worse your chances of procuring what you need. All right, guys, so like I said, this is just a list of things that you should get. I mean, the, the idea of this article was if you're running out to get items before, you know, you're trying to beat the crowd uh, to stock up. Um, my thoughts are you want to do this stuff before that even happens. You want to have this stuff on hand now. There were a couple of things in the uh, the comments. Uh, somebody said, get a small pesticide sprayer and make your own like redneck bidet. And so Survival Jane talked about that a long time ago. And uh, I have, uh, I've mentioned that. I mentioned her article uh, a while back on that as well. Um, people talked about getting some Gatorade and Pedialyte uh, if you if you needed uh, you know to replenish uh, some of those some of those things there uh, inside of you. Uh, first aid and medical supplies, pet supplies were not mentioned there, um, and so you know those are important as well to be able to have, especially in the, again in the climate that we're in. Um, if you're new to preparedness, and maybe you came because of the of the winter storms and, and the things that we're experiencing, or uh, maybe you're just you know your your eyes are starting to get opened up to where we are right now in society and all the craziness, you want to be able to have these things ahead of time. You don't want to go out there and face the masses and you know fighting for what's left there. Uh, most of the time, you're not going to get what you what you what you want. You know, you're just going to be dealing with uh, what's left over because so many more people are going to be there at the grocery store. So uh, I'll tell you this. Um, we This was the storm, this last storm in Texas. I'll talk a little bit about this in the video, but I just wanted to bring this up. There was plenty of time to prepare. They had been talking about about this, the storm for days. They'd been talking about the cold weather, the record weather, the snow, all of that kind of stuff for days. So we started uh, feeling or we started seeing the snow on Sunday evening. I normally go to the store 
on Saturday mornings or Sunday mornings right before church. Uh, and, you know, I just go right when the store opens up. There's hardly anybody in there. And I'm able to go, you know, get the stuff that I need and get out. And I always get everything that I want. On Saturday morning when I went, there was more people than normal at the store, but there was still everything that I wanted. I mean, I was able to get everything that I wanted. And so if you are a little bit better prepared and you're not just waiting to the last minute, you will get what you need. You will have all those things. So just don't wait. You know, don't procrastinate. There are so many people that, the, you know, that the local news was talking to and reporting. And you just know, man, these people didn't even think about the storm. I mean, what were they doing? They didn't even think about, you know, what, hey, how would I do this if this happened? Or if I, you know, how am I going to flush my toilets? How am I, what am I going to eat? You know, so many people lost uh, food in their refrigerators um, because although, the temperatures were uh, freezing outside. It was still warm enough in their homes to heat up their refrigerators. Uh, although, you know, some homes were like in the 50s, right? But that's still uh, going up to, and, and some people just didn't think. They, I mean, get your stuff, put it in an igloo and take it outside. I'm just telling you, people did not <laughs> think and, and people are not paying attention. So I think, I'm hoping more people will come to preparedness because of these types of things. But at the same time, I, I, I'm just, I'm very uh, realistic that a lot of people don't. It's like they get through, because this is what happens with, with hurricanes. People get through the hurricane. They struggle through the hurricane and the cleanup and all that kind of stuff. And then the next hurricane comes and it's the same thing over and over and over again. People don't listen. People don't learn. Hopefully, if you are new to preparedness and you're listening to this, or maybe you are sitting on the fence, or maybe you have been a, a prepper for a long, long time, but maybe you just kind of like, hey, I, I've been uh, not paying attention as much. Uh, maybe I haven't you know, checked my inventory. Uh, maybe I haven't... Uh, uh, prepared like I should. I've just been kind of like on uh, uh, automatic, you know, autopilot or whatever. Um, this is the time to, to look at what you have and to think through some scenarios of what could happen. This is not going to be the last one. And we're going to have other things. There's always tons of things that are out there uh, that we need to be paying attention to. So guys, like always, I'm going to link to this article in the show notes so that you can go check it out. Click on any links that are there and um, I will have that ready for you. Hey, everyone, thanks so much for hanging out with me uh, on episode 681. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Make sure you click the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And don't forget, if you're looking for more preparedness and self-reliant information, head on over to PrepperWebsite.com, where we link to 8 to 12 articles every day of the very best self-reliant articles out there. We also have pages dedicated to alternative news, firearms, DIY, Bible prophecy, frugal living, and homesteading. And lastly, don't forget to join the email list if you haven't. When you do, I'm going to send you a free PDF on 25 handpicked preparedness articles that you should read. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next time, live with no regrets and stay prepped and aware. Peace.